0: Hello, everyone. Welcome into Living Liberty Today. I'm your host, Charlie Earle. This is episode 60. We're titling this one Chaotic Control. Uh, we'll explain that a little further as we get deeper into the show. But uh, I have some articles again I'd like to share with you as we go forward today. <clears throat> First of all, we still have the humongous backlog on container uh, cargo uh, boxes sitting off the ports on the West Coast and the East Coast. So if you're having trouble getting products, goods, and services, you can uh, relay part of that problem or, or fix it upon the fact that we're just not getting things unloaded at our various ports going forward. And you wonder... least i wonder and i really haven't done research and maybe you have that we hope that not many of those cargo boxes or containers are filled with perishable items nevertheless if they're things with expiration dates that's certainly going to impact them when they finally get into the supply chain but we have severe supply chain issues going forward and then uh, a story we had earlier this week that we followed was uh, China banning cryptocurrencies. Uh, that had an impact. Bitcoin dropped immediately upon the, the uh, announcement of that. What impact does it have? I know one of the things I've been concerned about with crypto is that I've felt that eventually... Governments would take them over. That's just the way government operates. They see an opportunity or something that appears to be thriving, then they have to take their greedy hands and and grab it and and ruin it. But uh, this this changes it a little bit. If if the government of China is banning crypto, what does that mean going forward? It's going to have some real impact, I think, uh, as we go to the near future and certainly the long term future. Uh, I suspect that what comes out of that uh, environment over there is going to really impact how we um, buy and sell going forward in the future. Uh, Goldman Sachs is starting to turn bearish. Not that that should shock you. I think any investment firm, probably at this stage, with what we have, a massive amount of bubbles. we got more bubbles than a, than a Teenage model in a in a bathtub. Anyway, um, they they list five reasons, and this is from Tyler Durden on Zero Hedge, and I believe it was a Sunday, no, a Saturday, of uh, the twenty fifth. But they list the five reasons that Goldman Sachs is starting to turn bearish. Number one is the tapering of the stimulus. In other words, that the stimulus funds the government has been digitally creating through the Fed and distributing to those of us, which is not real money. It's just an illusion of real money, but they're going to taper that down. And so Goldman figures that that's going to have a negative impact on the economy as there are fewer free and cheap dollars floating around. Secondly, Goldman is bearish because of supply chains, and we discussed that earlier in the show, but the whole supply chain market is really radically messed up. In addition to the cargo sitting offshore all around our country, we have difficulty and delays with uh, the two major uh, distributors, FedEx and UPS, uh, being short of drivers and in fact, I had a shipment coming from one of my medical suppliers that was delayed by over a week because uh, they they couldn't get to it or they, they determined the priorities as they go out. So uh, that's an issue, the supply chain issue, and I think it's a real one. It's one we got to be concerned about. Another concern Goldman has of their five major concerns is the virus and they seem to be a little antsy about the Delta variant and the impact it's going to have on the economy. But I would argue that maybe the virus isn't the right focus, that it should be on government and government's response to the virus. And I'm talking about government from state, local school boards all the way up to the federal government. They're all over the map. And uh, We seem to have uh, some serious concerns going forward about uh, how we deal with this. I think there's an element of the population that's becoming increasingly skeptical about government's response to the virus, while at the same time acknowledging that it could have some negative impacts on people, um, death for one but still it's i i would argue that the, the concern shouldn't be the virus the concern should be governmental response to the virus another concern they have is valuation and i would agree with that we saw the uh, we saw the market ballooning up with high values and all that and i would argue and i assume they would too that Uh, many businesses or corporations or stocks are overvalued uh, because we know that the market is not a real reflection of value. The market is simply an emotional response to people's perception of how a company, corporation, or a stock fits into the overall piece of the action. So uh, uh, it it has no... my wife and I have discussed this for years. Uh, first of all, the Dow Jones Industrial Average is a fake number. It's just a, a, an arbitrary number of of a certain number of stocks, and they're averaging out and how the overall market reflects, but that doesn't reflect a real strategy. It, let's say you put all your money in GE. You got to be concerned about where GE is, not where the Dow Jones is, but it does in a sense, give us an overall reflection and picture of how investors view the market. And so that overvaluation is a real concern uh, considering what we've gone through recently. One of the daily uh, sites I go to, in addition to Zero Hedge and many others, I have about 40 that I follow, uh, 30 of them on a daily basis. One of them is is American Greatness, and I would encourage you maybe to pick that up and and mark it on your favorites bar and check it out. But they had an article on Saturday, and it was written by Alana Mercer, and it was called Centralized Liberty, The Solution to Wicked Woke Tech. And I, 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 I found it a fascinating and interesting article. It's not very long. Right at the end, she had one paragraph. Well, actually, it was in the middle, but I marked it. What I printed off was right at the end. I'm going to quote her now. In this vein, why is it legal for PayPal to prevent law-abiding individuals from transacting financially, but the Civil Rights Commission prohibits a small business owner from refusing to bake a cake for gay nuptials? In essence, what she's saying is that the Civil Rights Act, she's she's overall, her view is a, basically an anti-government involvement view, but she says if the Civil Rights Commission is going to exist, then it has a moral uh, obligation to slap down PayPal for limiting individuals from transacting financial terms on PayPal if they disagree with their political stances. While at the same time, they're slapping down small business owners for refusing to bake a cake for a gay wedding. And I think she has a valid point here. And I agree with her overall premise that I really think the Civil Rights Commission is a joke. It's, uh, it's politically motivated. Uh, it has no teeth. And and uh, I but but if we're going to have it, if we're going to have to deal with it, then then perhaps we ought to insist or at least encourage it uh, to be more equitable in its transactions. Bill Bonner's diary from Sunday, the 26th. Um, intriguing headline that Bill has on this It's called America Inc., the next Evergrande. Now, if you're familiar with Evergrande, that's basically the real estate investment firm in China that was failing to meet its obligations and debt payments. And there are all kinds of stories, and many of them perhaps wishful thinking. I'm not sure. I'm not that familiar with internal Chinese uh, economic uh, information, but that that could have a real negative impact. Evergrande is $300 billion in debt, and it's broke. And uh, I'm quoting here. If it defaults, the shockwaves would be felt in markets around the world, and the Dow closed down 600 points just based on that news. And basically, what what and this is Emma Walsh wrote this in the Bill Bonner's diary. Basically, what, what Emma is saying here is, and Bill, are both saying is that the three hundred billion in debt for Evergrande defaulting is just a, a a tiny picture of where we sit here in the United States with roughly thirty trillion dollars of of debt uh, from the government, and it's more than that when you start putting in uh, all the pension funds that are, that are under uh, capitalized and all the various. Uh, personal debt and things of that nature, 30 trillion and is a small drop in the bucket. I've read estimates as high as 130 trillion of debt we have accumulated in this country, which massively exceeds our GDP. And uh, so I guess what Bill and Emma are saying is watch Evergrande and its impact on, on China and on the global markets to maybe get a clue is where... The United States' current situation may impact people going around. And finally, the Stansberry Digest from Sunday the 26th, uh, they're talking about, and, and it's quoting David Dock Eifrig, um, who says that if the market has more room to run, there'll be plenty of volatility ahead. And if you know how to stay on the right side of the train, you can maximize your gains and be ready for any bumps along the way. I think in essence, what he's saying, the underlying thing, and if you read the whole uh, column, you'll get a clue of what he's talking about. But he says toilet paper is a good indicator of where the market's going, where people see the markets going. And so uh, toilet paper is short again, and – People are starting to hoard it once again. In fact, at Costco, and we shop at Costco maybe, I don't know, three times a month. Uh, Some of it for the restaurant, some of it for ourselves. And it's one of our standing rules for Pat and me when we go to Costco is you always get toilet paper and you always get paper towels. In anticipation, we're not hoarders. We don't buy five toilet papers and five packages of toilet paper and five packages of paper towels. But we anticipate uh, that those hoarding issues will come about and people will be grabbing up all they can. So we basically build our little back stock one at a time when we go there and do that. But that is an indicator of where the perception of the market is. And again, as I mentioned in talking about the Dow, it basically is a reflection of investors' perception of, of, of the nation, of the economy, of, of, of where we're going. And so when, when they get nervous and get rattled and things drop, then people start hoarding toilet paper, which is a good indicator of where we are. You know, it's, I find it odd that people are hoarding toilet paper rather than food. It seems to me that's a post-facto element. Toilet paper, if you're not eating, you don't have as much use for toilet paper, but that's just me. Anyway, so I'm just speculating with you on this uh, On this week. Uh, have a good week. We're into October now. Autumn is here. Enjoy it. Enjoy the weather. Uh, enjoy the crisp fall mornings and the leaves changing, maybe you might have to rake some. In that case, I feel sorry for you. But that's the Living Liberty for today. Remember, stay free, be free, and live free. I'm Charlie Earle.